0: Welcome to the Record Rangers podcast with me Johnny McFarlane. Joining me today as ever is Scott McDermott and we have a very special guest in. Don't get too
1: excited, it's just Fraser Wilson. Fraser, welcome on to the podcast. Good morning, thanks for that. And yes, definitely don't get too excited, good point. (laughs) Listen,
0: there's going to be plenty of top class goalkeeper analysis now that you're on. Um, So I'm looking forward to today. Well, lads, we've got a lot to discuss. We've got games to discuss, but obviously, listen, we can't avoid the big news, which is that of Jordan Jones and George Edmondson um, going to a party on Saturday night. That party was dispersed in the early hours of Monday. Uh, Rangers had been given a recovery day, so they weren't in with the other players, uh, and the club acted very swiftly to suspend them both for breaching covid um protocols scott i'll come to you straight away that you know listen i'm quite sure both of you are going to tell me that 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 it's ridiculous what these guys uh, have have done here um but i'm going to phrase the question in a slightly different way to you scott say if you're george edmondson and you've got a clean sheet defense who uh, producing defense who have 15 and 18 that are performing incredibly well, where uh, a 35 times cap Nigerian international has been brought in to cover for the the, the youngster who has got out, gone out with injury. And you know, that youngster who's a very good player is going to be back in January. Surely to God, your instinct is then I need to absolutely knuckle down and do everything I can because my days here at this huge club and I've come from a tiny club in Oldham could be numbered if I don't get this right I just can't get my head around his mentality
2: yeah you would think so Johnny but sometimes it's hard to understand what goes on in footballers heads I don't know whether and no I don't, I, this might be I might be wrong in this but I wonder whether Edmondson's maybe being influenced slightly by by Jordan Jones, and that's not having a pop at Jordan Jones, but obviously he's had he's had kind of disciplinary issues in the past, even before he came to Rangers. So I wonder, Edmondson, being the younger guy, you know, has he been kind of has he been influenced by it? I'm not sure. Um, listen, obviously it's crazy, as I say, you don't know what what's what they've been thinking about uh, at that particular time. But it strikes me from the outside as if it's maybe just two guys. <clears throat> Who have become uh, frustrated at a kind of lack of first-team action? Which you no, know, Edmondson you can maybe understand as you say central defender's been brought in. You no, know, he's so f- not so far out of the picture because Steven Gerrard's always in- included him whenever he spoke about his defenders, and he has had chances in the past. Um, but Jordan Jones. No, it's only a matter of weeks ago he, he got a chance at Motherwell, um, and to be fair to me, he took it and scored a scored a great goal. But as I say, if you're outside, it strikes me as just two guys who are kind of on the periphery of the squad, don't see many opportunities coming up. Um, to play first team, and they've just thought, let's just let's just do it with no thought, no consideration for their teammates, their manager. Supporters um, or Scottish football as a whole, um, in terms of the, you no, know, what, what it might have meant for the for the game if, if they'd went back in and you no, know, that several positive tests or whatever might have happened. Um, mm. No thought for any of that, and it's just you no know, sheer folly. And, and as Stephen Gerrard said yesterday himself, I think they're going to regret it for a long time.
0: Yeah, Fraser, listen, you have only just retired in the last 18 months from a, a sparkling career with uh, several <laughs> clubs in the, the lower levels, the lower reaches.
1: Um, so Where the huge... hell is this going?
2: <laughs> Why do you always have to bring that up? Oh. So, how, so how, many, how many parties have you been to, Fraser? <laughs> oh, that, that's
1: an easier one to ask, answer aye, zero. Uh, no, what I'm thinking is,
0: you can give us the player's perspective on this. I mean, do you oh. have... a sense of perhaps you're looking at them as young lads full of testosterone opportunity to go out and meet some girls do do, do you have a sense of no?
1: I'm dying here don't no I'm 41 year old guy (laughs) (laughs) I'm as shocked and baffled bewildered whatever you want to say as anybody here If, if you're looking for that line the one thing I might say and I don't even know if this is right but I can imagine George Edmondson for instance has come up here and is possibly living alone, which in, in these times is very, very difficult. I can only imagine how difficult that might be. And with a day off looming and the opportunity maybe to meet up and, and let the hair down slightly, I don't know. Uh, is that potentially a, a, an excuse? No, it's not. Um, hmm. Look, ab- ab- above all else, um, but I, just, I, I can't see at what stage this would go through those two guys' minds and they would think it's acceptable. We all know the parameters. Um, we're living in a different stratosphere to these guys. We know we can't go to parties like that. And the thing is, you're mingling, what, what eight or ten other people that are probably doing this all the time. So that 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 can only heighten the risk of, of catching this, uh, this virus. And uh, it's just lucky they didn't have to go into Rangers the next day because if one of them had picked up the symptoms... we all know it spreads like wildfire and the the thought of what could have happened is, uh, well, it doesn't bear thinking about. Yeah, Scott, can you
0: imagine if it actually had occurred that they'd gone into training and then Rangers would have had to face one of their next games, the game against Hamilton with uh, a selection of under-21 players in the squad? I mean, it doesn't really bear thinking about, given the the consequences that that would hold for the players and for the club in such uh, an important season. I mean, this is why you have to be whiter than white and you have to be above reproach in terms of the way you approach these protocols, isn't
2: it? Yeah, that, that's why Steven Gerrard was so was so angry yesterday. You could see it in his face. I mean, it's no no deciding to go for a few hours in normal circumstances, no. You might get away with it. Or, no, it might not be a big issue, but it, as you say, it's the ramifications of what it what it might mean. You know, as Fraser says, if you know, if it began to spread and you no know, Rangers hadn't been aware that they were out, as I say, doesn't it be a doesn't it does be a thing about um, in terms of the big games Rangers have got coming up, the players that could have been you no know, had to self isolate, in terms of games that they might have had to miss, might have had to call off. Now it's it's all ifs and buts, but unfortunately for footballers. That's the that's the environment that they're that they're living in just now, and I think I've heard people say in the last few days, or no, you may know, feel sorry for footballers and stuff, you no, know, they're in this, but well, I'm sorry, but that that just doesn't wash. I mean, I feel sorry for you no know, normal people who are you know, can't go about their daily life. Some people can't can't get back to their work. I mean, the footballers are. No, still getting to work, top class facilities. Um, they're in their bubble, they're still getting to do the thing that they love. They're getting handsomely paid for it. Um, so I'm sorry, there's just there can be absolutely no sympathy and as I said at the start, I mean just no consideration, no thought, when they've made that decision to go out on Sunday night, they must have known um the problems it would cause if if they get caught, um, they've decided to take the chance and it's backfired spectacularly. Fraser, my instant
0: reaction on this would be that Jordan Jones' days are numbered because, as Scott said, he's clearly had issues at Rangers in the past and uh, he's only just kind of broken his way back into to the reckoning. Uh, and George Edmondson, perhaps a slightly different issue, but as I said in the introduction to this segment, you just look at the competition that's going to be there now. You've got Balogun, Hellander, Goldson all playing absolutely out of their skin. And Nico Katic is a terrific young centre half to come back. So so Rangers don't need to actually go out on a limb and say, We're going to back this young man, do they? It's just as easy for them to say, you know what, we're going to send them back out on loan or we're going to sell them, you know, because he's breached trust in a way that just cannot be redeemed. Yeah.
1: Interesting. Yesterday, that Stephen Gerrard didn't go that far. He almost left the door slightly ajar for them, didn't he? Um, yeah. I think, I think that's good management, though. It is. I I Don't jump to any any conclusions too soon. But Rangers put a lot of work into signing George Edmondson last summer, didn't they? They faced a fair bit yep. of, a fair bit of a fight to get him, and I do really like him. I think he's raw. But I think he's got the natural attributes of a really good defender. I think he reads the game really well. Um, I'd like to think maybe a year down the line, earned is place to get back at what the start of next season. Maybe earned is right to get back into that squad because I think there's a big player for future years there with George Edmondson. You're right with Jordan Jones. Um, actually, I, I, I had a chat with Jimmy Nicholl yesterday just to get a kind of. Northern Irish perspective on it, with their huge game coming up next week. And I thought, you know, Jimmy Nicholls, that kind of arm-round-the-shoulder type of guy. But he absolutely wasn't having it. He said he sat down with um, Jordan Jones after the Norway and Austria games last last month and told him, this is your opportunity now. You're coming into your prime. You can go on and become a regular for your country. Don't waste it. Let's go and take it. And he said, it's just... uh, when is the penny finally going to drop with him that's what he said he had no sympathy for him whatsoever and said somebody else will now come into the Northern Ireland squad and could take that opportunity and go on to be a hero for the next 10 years so that's that's what this this decision could mean for these
2: guys I think Jones I think Jones is different to Edmondson. no, Jones has been in, in bother Before he was in bother b- Before he even got to Rangers um, And even in his Rangers career you know, He's had a few opportunities Even if you think back to the old Firm game last season When he came off the bench And get, get sent off Didn't he just get sent off Got himself injured you know, Let Steven Gerrard and, and himself uh, Down badly on that occasion as well I think Rangers will look uh, at January to try and offload Jones as, as quickly as they can. I don't think there's a great kinda uh, resale value with Jordan Jones anyway. I think you'll get championships clubs coming in to pick him up for you no, know, maybe something up to a million pounds or of that and Rangers will look to uh, no look to get that in for him in January. Edmondson's different in the sense that no, I tend to agree with Fraser. I think that there is a I think he's an asset to Rangers because he's age, because he's development. Um I think there is a resale value if George Edmondson gets gets playing again, um, gets playing for Rangers on a regular basis. So it'll be interesting to see how the club how the club deal with Edmondson in particular. Um if he shows enough contrition Stephen Gerrard said yesterday they're very remorseful and apologetic there might still be a chance for him I tend to agree Johnny they might initially try to get him out on loan uh, just to get games but in terms of actually salvaging their Rangers career I think Edmondson's got a a far better chance than than Jones
0: Let's uh, cast our eyes back over the last uh, couple of games we'll we'll first off start with the later game which is against Kilmarnock Scott. This is the kind of game it felt like watching it that in podcasts gone by, we would have been talking about Rangers surrendering a lead and maybe even losing that game in that last 15 minutes when Kelly really started to, to, well, I don't want to say turn the screw because they didn't actually make Alan McGregor do a lot of work beyond that Eamon Brophy free kick. But they came into the game more. They started taking up more possession. They started going for the game a little bit more. And I think in the past, Rangers might have buckled. But this is a very, very different Rangers team now in terms of just the way the the look from game to game, the, the the rigidity of that system and the strength within it and the players themselves, if you look at the the players like Goldson and, and Tavernier, are really coming to the fore now as leaders.
2: Yeah. You just don't
0: uh, you don't have a sense of concern really for Rangers. Would you agree with that?
2: Yeah, I would I think there's just a belief there, Johnny, that 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 they're going to see games out, and I think that's been that's been lacking uh, previously. Um, I think they are more solid, more resilient, and I think you, you can have hit the nail on the head there by saying No, McGregor wasn't really tested. I think Sunday's game was slightly different, and that watching it, even although Kelly had a bit of pressure towards the end and a bit of territory and were putting balls into the box, I can honestly say I never felt as if Rangers were going to lose ago. In the in the latter stages, and I don't I don't think that's been the case on previous trips to Rugby Park when Kilmarnock have come back and not, not just drawn games but actually went on and went on and won them. Um, I mean, listen at half time, I thought Rangers were so dominant and so in control that it, that they were going to go and win by two or three. Uh, to me, it looked like that that kind of game. So I mean, there'll be a slight disappointment probably for the management that 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 didn't materialise, but. They obviously showed a, another side to their game, a side that they've shown already on several occasions this season. And although you're saying Kelly you know, did put a bit of pressure on, I still think that was as as comfortable as Rangers have been in a while at, at Rugby Park. And I don't think they ever they ever really looked in danger of, of losing a goal. And I, listen, the, the bigger picture, I think it was a huge a huge win for Rangers just in terms of the the league table and getting that nine point gap. We all know Celtic have got games in hand. Um, but just posting that nine-point gap, I think it's a, you know, it could be a big moment in the in the title race.
0: Fraser, I'll come to you in a minute, but Scott, I just wanted to pick your brains on Cedric Itton playing in that right nine role where yep. he's pushed up as a second central striker, but kind of just off and expected yeah. to drop back to, do, to help the defence. How do you think that works? Do you think he looks comfortable in there? I thought he had some good moments, but he, for me, looks just a happier man when he's in that central spot.
2: Yeah, I I totally agree, Johnny. I think he did a job for the team, and I think he's that kind of player. Uh, I think he will Uh, kind of sacrifice himself for the team. I think Gerard was delighted with the performance, Um, and quite rightly, because he, he did the job that was asked of him. I thought he held the ball up well, he kept the uh, no Rangers shape. He worked what back away. It um, was I thought he was he was a threat um, even in the second half when Kelly came into the, the game a bit more. So listen, it was a it was a good performance by Eton. But I agree with you. I think the bottom line is he would much rather be playing as that central striker. I think that's where Rangers will get the best out of him. But it's I suppose it's encouraging for Stephen Gerrard's point of view that you no, know, he now knows. No, in a really difficult away game. He can use it in that role, um, and it won't be won't be detrimental to the to the team. I thought it was a he put in a really good shift. Um, I thought his actual touch and link up play was was pretty good as well. You no, know, for a for a big guy. So, um, listen, it it might be something to use again because he now knows he can he can do it. But I think the player himself. Um, We'd much rather be playing, playing through the middle as that central striker and you know, a better chance of getting goals.
0: Fraser, you're our resident tactical expert and hipster, so I'm coming to you on this one. <laughs> uh, nah. I, I'm teasing you, of course. <laughs> that, we that, all that, know that,
1: oh, that's got. That. That you're confused, maybe <laughs> <with> you, mate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, the, the question I have about the, the tactics that Gerard employed in the game, for me, it was quite interesting that. He was more direct in his approach. He was wanting to get balls into the box. There wasn't this um, the sense of uh, quick attacking moves on the deck, quick interchanges between players. One, twos to, to get the ball into the into the box. It was much more up and at him. Now, the question I've got for you, is that a sign that Gerard really is how the Scottish league works? That Kelly, you know, it's that pitch, it's murder, it's so slow the way the ball runs you just need to get the ball in and win second balls there because it doesn't matter how good you are in terms of knocking that ball about you can be Barcelona you're going to struggle at times on that pitch and the way they play it's so deep it's so aggressive it, you just really need to play the percentage game and, and just see
1: it through Aye, there, there's no point uh, playing the pretty football in your own half in the middle third because uh, Kelly want you to do that all day long they'll just sit and, and wait for you they'll, they'll let you have it there um, I, I was looking at some of the stats, and you're right. They were. Why wouldn't you want to throw crosses into the box? When you got the the Wettons, a Borna Barisic, and James Tavernier on either flank, and I believe it led to 20 shots on goal for Rangers throughout the 90 minutes, which is pretty impressive. But I just wonder if that, if I was looking to be hypercritical, if it was maybe just a wee hint of last year's problem of uh, not taking, uh, taking advantage of those opportunities, because um, I think Aribo, Kent, Morelos it was denied by a, a very good save for Danny Rogers but they all passed up glaring opportunities inside the box I felt, and um, you're right, it led to quite a nervy ending to the game but to answer your question, aye, I th- I think Gerard's Working progress is improving every season and I think he now understands exactly what it takes to go to bits like Kilmarnock. Don't forget the one there 2-1 the first time last season, ground out a, a, an excellent three points with a late winner as well. So, um,
2: I, I, I think
1: we <laughs> keep saying the proof in the pudding will come in the second half of the season if they've learned the lessons of, of previous seasons, won't it?
2: I th- Johnny, I thought, I thought it was brilliant to see uh, Gerard play that way and I think you're right he has learned no, not even so much for previous seasons i think he's even learned from the the draw at livingston earlier this season i mean i said to you after that livingston game on here that the frustrating thing you know for for rangers fans i, I thought would be that you no know, they didn't just put the ball in the box enough you no know, i think i used the word you no know, just putting it in the in the mix you no know, and seeing, you know, getting second balls and causing a bit of chaos in the box, and you know, I think some people responded you know, on social media and that and it sounded a bit like kind of caveman football, but that's what they did on Sunday at Kelly. They just put balls in the box. They won second balls. They were getting ricochets, you No, know, the goal comes from uh, putting a ball in the in the box as well. So I think Gerard is learning. I think he got it got it spot on. I think that's what you need to do at Rugby Park. Those type of games, it would be the same at Livingston away for the exact, the exact same reasons. Um, and I think it would be really pleasing for supporters to see them change in tact that way for those type of games. And as I say, although it was only one 0 I thought it was as comfortable as they've been uh, for a while there. The only thing I would say is, and it was just a, a small point. Um, I don't know if you picked up on that either, but. Uh, the substitution that they made bringing Stephen Davis on I thought was a, a bad substitution and I've not said that um, very often this season on, on the last wee while but I thought the game was crying out for Kamara He came on in midfield for his kind of energy, physicality, keeping the ball. Um, he, they took arebo off who I thought was arguably... Uh, Rangers' best player on the day, and they brought Stephen Davis on. And it's nothing against Stephen Davis, but he wanted to try and slow the game down, you no, know, keep it. He's obviously you not know, big and strong in the, in the midfield. He came on, he gave away a couple of free kicks, he get booked, free kick right in the edge of the box. It led to McGregor's only uh, you no know, real save in the game. I thought that was you no, know, they were in danger. They maybe conceding something after. Uh, Davis came on. I, I thought they got that substitution wrong, but overall, uh, tactically, I think it was, it was spot on.
0: Yeah, it's, I mean, I don't want to get carried away with it, mate, but I kind of felt like it, it, it had echoes of that sort of Walter Smith grinding out a result when it's needing to be ground out. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes the the Gerrards um, Rangers era has been marked by pretty football without getting those kind of results in those kind of places, but we're, we're seeing now that's happening, and, and and I think Rangers fans will be delighted with that. right? But we're going to move on now, though, from that game, because we don't have a lot of time today. I'm just going to talk about Europe. Scott, I want to get you to cast your mind back to the last time Rangers had won their first two games in a European group stage. I'm sure you'll very quickly be able to come up with that. It was the Champions League group under uh, Dick Advocat. I think it was his... Um, Third Graz. year in charge, and they they beat Sturm Graz five 0 in the first game. They went to Monaco with a two guy as a as a sweeper, yeah, and 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 a, and a move that sort of caught everyone by surprise that night. Yeah. and they had six points after two games. But kind of similarly to this Europa league group they're in now the big boy in that group at the time was Galatasaray who went on to win the UEFA Cup I think a year later they had players like Hadji and Jardell and were spending big money around that time um, a bit like Benficar now and I suppose the fact that Rangers didn't qualify from that group when they'd got six points from the first two games should be a warning for what's about to take place now do you yeah. agree?
2: Yeah, it should be a warning because no, nothing's decided after two games. But I mean, I would, suge- I would suggest that no, the teams Rangers were up against uh, back then under Advocate, well, were, were a lot stronger than, than these teams that they're facing now. You mentioned Galatasaray, uh, Monaco had a really good team then as well. I remember the game that. Can it ultimately cost Rangers? I think it was a Monaco home game, is that right? To each, uh, yes. Amaru- uh, Lorenzo Amoruso made a big mistake. In, uh, uh, was it Simone, Marco Simone score um, mm. the, the, the crucial goal. So, listen, Rangers, uh, Rangers probably had a lot a, a stronger team back then as well. You think the players that uh, the advocate had at his disposal, but I don't think these teams they're up against now. Um, no, we'll pose as big a as big a threat to them. It's been a great start in the the group stage. Of course, nothing is nothing is decided. You're right that the Benfica are the biggest and best uh, club in the uh, in the section in terms of Rangers opponents. So these two games are going to uh, are going to be vital in terms of who gets through. But I mean, looking at it for the outside, you need to think Benfica and Rangers are now <clears throat> are now strong favourites to get through as is 1-2 and two. and looking at the game the game coming up you know, seeing Benfica lose 3-0 to Boa Vista the other night I mean that must give Stephen Gerrard and the, the coaching staff you know, real encouragement that they can go over there and, and get something I mean they went over to Porto last season um and excelled in that game for long long spells. Um I think Benfica will be of, of similar similar standards. So as I've said before on here, I don't think any of the teams in this group um will no cause any fear for Rangers. I think they'll go over there believing they can they can get something.
1: Johnny yeah, Yes. I, now I take no joy in correcting you. Honest. Yes. You know me. But you've done Walter Smith and his 2007 side a disservice, mate, because mm-hmm. they won their first two group stage games in the Champions League, 2007-2008. Um, now, was that what you said there? Yeah, it was- no, no, you're right. That's I got not-
0: that wrong. I am. Uh, you're absolutely right. Yes, beat, of course. They Whoa, beat Lyon. Wait a while for that. They, they beat Lyon 3 Yeah, absolutely spot on. Sorry. Great. Yes, I apologise. I'm sure I'm sure I'm,
1: almost I'll just out of that. I mean, I'm not gonna beat that. I'm checking out of that. I'll catch you later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. That was
0: a, I pulled that out from the top of my head and I should have thought about it. Absolutely, that is that is correct. And again, they, they didn't qualify that, that no, time either. Didn't. So they didn't
1: so, win any of their last four games in the group after that great start. Yeah. Um, so
0: I, I think Fraser, I think uh, Fraser, uh, um, Scott's right though in a sense that perhaps the, the quality of opposition here uh, are, are not quite at the same level, oh, um, yeah. and even contextually to, to those clubs that, that were involved in that one, because I think it was. Uh, Oh, it was Barcelona, Leon, yeah. and... Stuttgart, uh, Stuttgart, yeah. so yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I'm going to quickly move on from that, lest I get destroyed any more than I'm already going to get destroyed on <laughs> Twitter. But listen, there's one lad that, that stuck out to me, Fraser. I don't know if you've seen much of him, but just even generally about the, the quality of Benfica. But I'll start with with this guy, um, Pizzi, who plays as an attacking midfielder for, for Benfica, 17 times capped Portuguese international. Uh, we had a piece uh, in the Daily Record online and it emerged that he scored 30 goals with 19 assists last season I mean pff, that's pretty impressive going isn't it from attacking midfield uh, Rangers going to have to keep an eye on him
1: that's uh, aye what, what do they call him the James Tavernier of Portuguese football he <laughs> 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 well, does uh, hit the penalties uh, well there you go aye it helps doesn't it <laughs> oh, mate, with, with numbers like that aye it goes without saying Um, I was having a quick look through their, their side I'm not that well versed in Benfica but when you see names like Everton, Suarez in there, then you know that they, they carry a real threat. Um, this is going to be a right level or two above what Rangers have faced so far in Europe this season, I think. But if one thing we've learned for Steven Gerrard's team is they're absolutely perfectly set up for these European away games, as Scott said, they've proved it in Porto, Braga, and uh, if, if they can go and get a point. On Thursday, I think they'll have maybe not quite a foot in the, the knockout stages, but certainly five toes.
2: Yeah, yes. listen, I, th- I think, it, Johnny. I was just going to say. I mean, Rangers have been such great for them that there, there is going to be a bump in the road somewhere along the line, and it might come on Thursday night. And there's no disgrace in going to going to Benfica and, and losing a losing a game of football. So it'll be if that happens, it'll be just about how. How Rangers react? Obviously, everything has been very, you no, know, very plain sailing for them. You no, know, to their own to their own credit, they've been brilliant so far this this season in um, both competitions. But you no, know, this will be the toughest test going over to Benfica. Obviously, the no no fans will be a will be a help. I think it's a really tough place to go when that when that stadiums uh, when that stadiums full and, and rocking, but. No, if it doesn't go their way, I think it's just important that people get a better perspective, um, and it's about how Rangers react after that. No, as Fraser said if they can get a point in Lisbon, uh, it'll be a terrific result. But it's going to be it's going to be tough over there. They've got they've got quality players as as you've mentioned. So uh, if it doesn't go their way, um, no, it's about how they it's about how they bounce back for that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't get too despondent about it. That's for sure
0: they yeah. definitely got a heart, surely, from that Boavista Vista game. I mean, I didn't watch the game, but I've no. read a couple of reports on what happened in it. And by all accounts, Boavista sat back, defended very strongly and hit on the counter-attack quickly. So if that's a, a game plan that can be used against Benfica, well, that happens to be something that Rangers are very, very good at. And they have players absolutely adept at playing that way. Um, so I, I, I fancy sure. Rangers to, to be able to get a result there. Uh, it's I'm just sure. whether or not Bafika's sure quality is, is is too
2: much for them or not. I'm sure, I'm sure Brandon Barker will get his usual start away from home in Europe, <laughs> Johnny. So that's that's all Rangers need to get a to get a result. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, listen, you're right. That that if, if that's the way Benfica play. It should play into Rangers', Rangers hands. Um, no, there'll be no change in set-up for, for Gerard. It'll just be about the personnel that, that he picks. And although I'm joking about Barker, there's every chance that he will come in because he's done that job before. He did it away from home in, in Porto, um, where he kind of fitted into the system and the shape. And, and Gerrard was, was delighted with his performance that night. So um, Rangers won't change the way they play. And if Benfica you know, do leave... Uh, or are susceptible to, to counter-attacks, with no, the pace and the threat that Rangers have got. But Listen, there's, there's every chance they could get something over there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Listen, right, before we go, there is one thing that I wanted to bring up. Um, you know, we always talk about Alfredo Morelos, and Fraser did mention him earlier on. Um, I think it's just an, an, an important and interesting topic just to revisit, because he, he still isn't really firing um, based on the performance against Kilmarnock, but I thought when he came on, uh, against Lech Poznan, he looked really, really hungry, and he gave Rangers that sort of bulldozer quality that that we've we know he can give them. Uh, Fraser, I just wonder very, very quickly: Do you think Alfredo Morelos is going to get back to that kind of form again? Do you think he's slowly getting there, and when he does yeah. click, Rangers are going to have a, another dimension almost to build into, or or do you think he's just not quite? The player that he was last season based
1: on what you've seen yeah I think he definitely is I'm so glad he mentioned that goal last Thursday because I don't think if Morelos didn't come on came our roof the type of game he was having I don't think Rangers were going to score but it was exactly that it was that bulldozer mentality that desire to get on the end of what was an absolute pinpoint cross for Barisic and, and make sure the boy ended up in the net. It was brilliant. I mean, uh, Scott mentioned earlier how folk picked up on caveman football. That's top-class football. I mean, Liverpool uh, feed off Andy Robertson's crosses to the left. You know, it's 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 brilliant to see and the desire that Morelos showed. Only minutes after coming off the bench to win that game was brilliant, and only moments later he had another effort on target. Which almost doubled the, the number of shots Rangers had in target in the space of a few minutes. So I do I do see signs that the hunger's there, and as long as he's got that desire, I've got I've got no doubt that, that Alfredo Morelos will go on to have a, a good second half to the season. It, it's got to uh, it's the consistency that I feel is lacking. Um, so it is due to take an upturn in form, I would say, and I'm pretty sure I can see signs that it's coming.
2: I th- Scott, I give you I, a last word on that. I, I, no, I, I agree with Fraser. I think there is small signs. I mean, I've been critical of Morelos this season for some of his performances, which have been well well below par. But I agree about the, the Poznan goal. No, it was probably only him that could have scored it showed real desire, real bravery, real hunger to get in and get that goal, which was no, which was a crucial goal at the time, obviously, in the context of that game. And even on, on Sunday, I thought there was signs, I actually thought his link-up play and that was better, and that's the one thing I have been critical of. Um, I thought his touch was better, he thought he brought others into play. I agree with you, John, he's, he's still not quite showing those... No, that kind of bulldozing quality that he had when no, he would just run all, over, run all over the top of people and really give defenders that torrid time. No, I think he, some of the games we watched last season, like home to Feyenoord and, and away to Feyenoord, uh, last season where they gave Broadfoot and Finlay a real hard time. So I, I don't think he's there yet. But I, I I think it would be encouraging for for Gerard that there are small signs, um, and you have to think with the amount of games they've got coming up. If if Morelos gets a gets a proper run in the team, uh, which I think he probably will, even even though Gerard wants to give players minutes. You no, know, in these big games, if he gets a run out, it, I think he could get back to his, his four form last season, which would be a, a massive boost for Rangers getting into the getting into the next part of the of the campaign.
0: Yeah, I thought it was interesting to hear Gerard after the game against Lech Poznan when he was saying, you know, it's really good to see Morelos getting underneath the crossbar. Because for me, that's been part of the problem is that although Rangers as a team have sort of evolved so that the number nine is dropping back a little bit and allowing runners to go in behind, I don't, and as we've discussed a few times now, I suppose, I don't think that's really his game. So it was good to hear Gerard say that because I think if, if you get Morelos in the box and you get him with that real hunger, then he will score goals. Anyway, we're going to call it a day now. Thanks uh, for listening to this podcast. Thanks for Fraser and Scott to uh, for coming on. You can obviously continue the debate, the debate with us on Twitter. I'm at Johnny R. McFarlane. Scott is at Scott McDermott. A., and Fraser is at Doonhamer. 79. So you give can him get them there.
1: Give a major way there, Aye.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, thanks for listening.